2: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio.
1: 630 Chad. 135 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott here with you. We're steering the ship home. It's a Friday. The Oilers off entirely, so you won't hear from any of them before they play tomorrow against Colorado. I guess they'll have the pregame skate, but you know what I mean. They are off today, heading back from California. Six wins in a row for the big club. Reminder to all Oilers season seat holders, you can secure your 2022 Stanley Cup playoff seats by next Thursday, April 14th. Lock in your seats for the playoffs, even ahead of the public, online through your Oilers account manager or by calling 780 414 goal to the oil kings now who uh while it's been an incredible season still poised for a deep run in the western uh, pardon me the western hockey league playoffs uh before games left in the regular season and to check in on that we go to general manager kurt hill who i believe is joining us live from a scouting mission out somewhere in the depths of manitoba kurt appreciate you taking the time how's it going today
0: yeah, it's going good. How are you
1: doing? Excellent, thank you. Uh, is there a, a provincial final or something out there that you are uh, got your eyes on?
0: Uh, it's kind of like the, uh, the equivalent of the Alberta Cup out here in Manitoba. So they're top, uh, top 120 players in uh, in Nittville, Manitoba. So I'm uh, back in my promised land here. But uh, yeah, it's a good event to see the best kids in Manitoba here. So back here
1: in Edmonton, the team, uh, I guess, is coming off of what, a pair of losses to red deer and I'd love to just get your thoughts on on that because red deer obviously a great club and you know there's not going to be a perfect season for you guys so maybe some of what you saw there and, and what you think the group can learn from facing adversity like that late in the season
0: you know i think there's our team seems to be have dealt with a lot of adversity this year and you know i think last weekend you know, red deer plays a real strong team game and um you know both games had a real playoff feel. we were a little bit shorthanded both games with having some some guys out of the lineup and a little bit of the flu running through our group that's uh, hasn't gone away here for a few weeks but you know what i give them a lot of credit they played uh they played hard games, and they were both games came, you know, came down to the third period, and obviously the next night in overtime with them scoring late to tie it. But uh, you know, I think as a team, you know, we like playing those style of games heading into the playoffs here. You know. When you see four or six against Red Deer, when you're four of your last six against them, you know it's a it's a tough opponent. Where you know they're going to be big, heavy playoff style games, and you know those are the games when our group playing uh, heading in the stretch. So we ended up on the wrong side of it last weekend, but uh, get another crack at them here this Saturday. No, it was some pretty big names that
1: uh, that were on the sidelines, right? I believe Caden Gooley, Jake Neighbors, both have missed uh, some time recently for your group. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, they've both been out uh, for, for a longer period of time. Uh, Jake's going to be back in, in the lineup here this Saturday, and then, uh, you know, we're optimistic Kaden uh, will be back next week. And that's,
1: I'm sure, a team task in terms of making up for either one of those players, let alone having them both out of your lineup.
0: Yeah, you know, and the, the the Saturday night game in Red in Red Deer, you know, we had Dohaniak Do and Prokop are out as well. So our uh, playing five D and three of them being pretty young rookies to the Western League was uh, those guys played some big minutes and you know, to give them a lot of credit for the way they they played um, in those games. This
1: has been a playoff-bound team for some time now, Kurt. I'd love your thoughts on just the mix of of trying to keep the team focused and dedicated and that sort of thing while knowing that uh, you do have your your ticket punched. You know, just I guess the emphasis on maybe the bigger picture with the, the real potential of this team.
0: Yeah, I think it's, you know, one of the things that still is we're still fighting to win the division right now. So, you know, I know guys want to do that. We've won it three years in a row. So I think it's, uh, you know, for for an organization to be be in a position to potentially win four, four years in a row, the central is, uh, you know, that'd be pretty special for our group. So I know, I know they're very focused on that, but, uh, you know, at the same time, as you mentioned, it's, you know, we're starting our playoffs a month later this year than we usually do. And it's, you know, just because of the delay in the season and COVID it's uh you know it's made the lead, the year feel a little bit longer for those guys but as, uh, as I mentioned, it's um, having that chance to still fight for the Central and, uh, you know, slim, slim chances at uh, the Eastern Conference still up for grabs. Um, you know, those things, uh, I think, keep your guys motivated heading to the playoffs.
1: And chatting with General Manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Kurt Hill. And, Kurt, I know they sort of spaced the schedule out toward the end of the season here for you guys. Did you think you benefited at all from having uh, some more space in between the games, maybe even just more time for some of the guys to recover from injury?
0: yeah for us it's been it's been good to just get some you know if we were starting the playoffs four weeks ago, we probably wouldn't have had and neighbor in the lineup in the first round, so giving those guys a little bit more time to to get healthy and you know now that this flu bug hit our group here <laughs> having a chance to get through this so it will be important um you know but it's uh, our guys aren't used to playing just two games a week you know it's you get a little bit out of the groove, and our league guys are used to playing three games a week sometimes four. So it's, uh, you know, keeping them focused and you just got to try to find ways to, to keep the weeks interesting, whether you do some team building or you do, you know, you change up the practice. View. I know our guys have been doing hot yoga and some different, some different activities as well, just to kind of keep things fresh so, you know, it doesn't turn into a little bit of Groundhog Day heading down the stretch.
1: How much of that are you involved in actually organizing or because Brad maybe has more of a uh, day-to-day sort of finger on the pulse of the team, does he have more of a heavy hand in that sort of thing?
0: That's kind of our whole staff. You know, we have, we have weekly staff meetings. We discuss these these things, uh, you know, th- on what the week's going to look like ahead. You know, how healthy are we? How tired are the guys? Like, where do we feel like they're, they're, you know, their mental side of the game's at right now? And, you know, we try to make a, try to make a plan for the week that's going to best suit our group and, you know, put them in the best position to, to get adequate rest, you know, to feel rejuvenated and, and give them a chance to win on the weekend.
1: I look at Justin Sortif of, since you guys have picked him up. Uh, what an addition out of the Vancouver Giants program. And you expected him to be. Is there is there anything that he's brought to this team that maybe you didn't expect?
0: <laughs> well, he's, he's a really good centerman for sure. You know, he's brought us through the <laughs> middle. Our depth is pretty pretty significant now. And, um, you know, anytime you're moving Dylan Gunther into the wing to add Sortif into the lineup, you know, it could, could speaks volumes to what kind of centerman and, you know, two way game that he brings. But, you know, it's. His determination out there is incredible for him. You know, he's one of the guys in our league that must be one of the best guys at takeaways and steals. Like, he, he tracks guys down back on the on the back check, and his penalty kill ability and ability to strip pucks and, and help out in those areas are huge for a group. Does it help that
1: you have such a spread out, um, you know, number of stars, if not superstars at this league level? I just, I'm so impressed by the ability of someone like Dylan Gunther, for example, to put up the numbers that he does, but knowing that there's got to be such a high amount of extra attention, whether it's either a great checking matchup or the best checker that the opposing team has, or simply whether you're going to game plan around something like that. And yet the production is still there, 84 points and 42 goals from gunther in just 55 games so you know i guess there's got to be a lot of credit distributed to your players kurt in terms of their ability to sort of power through what i imagine have been tougher matchups at times
0: yeah the matchups are there you know i think at home obviously you get the opportunity to kind of try to get to the matchups you want and maybe get them away from that top parody that they're trying to match them against a lot of the time but you know when our group's fully healthy. Our top, our top three lines are are pretty elite right through. Like it's, uh, so when you're a team, it's sometimes you're kind of going through those top nine and you're, you're you're trying to pick your poison. So, you know, that's kind of the goal here over the next two weeks is to get healthy and make sure that's rolling heading into the playoffs uh, on the
1: 21st so you know the focus i guess let's let's talk about that balance in terms of the next few games here you are still competing for the division championships so there there won't be any resting of players or anything like that uh, down the stretch here with with uh, i guess the playoffs in mind
0: yeah i in that happening. you know even in the in the past we haven't really been a team to rest guys and you know i it's it, maybe the last game of the season, you look at that, if if, if everything's clear, flat matchups are set, division's settled, you maybe potentially look at that for some guys that might need a little bit of extra time. But, you know, I think right now it's going to be putting our best, uh, you know, our best lineup on the ice and, and, and trying to get wins and, and get the division wrapped up.
1: And uh, just in terms of how the team is playing down the stretch drive here, what is your confidence level with what Brad has been able to get out of this group and, and, and the on-ice performances of late?
0: yeah i'm 100 percent confident in the group it's uh it's been a it's been an interesting year just with you know guys being gone to nhl camp world juniors injuries and you know it just seems that this extra month or we're kind of it's all kind of coming to coming to a head here and coming to going to come together at the right time where we're healthy heading into the playoffs i hope and uh you know, with our team uh, having our full our full arsenal going and you know four lines rolling, it's uh, we're going to be a we're going to be a tall task in the playoffs.
1: I Always appreciate uh, the time and the insight, Kurt. Good luck on your, uh, with your group uh, down the stretch drive here. Okay.
0: Appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Have a
1: great one. Absolutely. Kurt Hill, general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, currently uh, back in his home province of Manitoba, figuring out what the next generation of Oil Kings may look like. But this year, this is the year to be excited about, folks. It's almost a surprise to me that they haven't wrapped up the division at this point. The Winnipeg Ice have. I think the East is a little bit weaker than the Central is. Red Deer has uh, exceeded expectations. Arshdeep Baines leading the league in scoring. And uh, now a Vancouver Canucks product. Uh, He's been a big part of that too, but you heard Kurt Hill talk about the depth of this team. I mean, it's just kind of one line after the other after the other, and they haven't had Jake Neighbors. Jake Neighbors is responsible for a lot of the gear turning on that team too, so...
2: Did you see that video of Jake Neighbors? I don't know if he has talked about this already. Okay, Bob
1: you- has mentioned it. I haven't seen it. Was he like disguised as a
2: <laughs> <blues> fan? <laughs> he was a fan, as a blue super fan. And like none of the guys picked it up. I think Shenner found out at the end. and uh, It's a great video.
1: Uh, on their social media, the teams.
2: Yeah, yeah, the media, Blues okay.
1: put it out too. They dressed him up as a Blues super fan. It was great. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to, I will have to give that a look. Cause again, Bob referenced it and I wasn't quite sure. I hadn't seen it, but that's humorous. And we in the Edmonton market, in my opinion, have known about the character of Jake Neighbors, the person since he's been in the organization. You do an interview with the kid, it sounds like he's incredibly well put together. You listen to him talk about the game of hockey, it sounds like he's incredibly well put together. I think that St. Louis got lucky with him falling toward the end of the first round in 2020. Um, but to me, like he's going to make pro hockey look very easy at some point. He plays a nasty St. Louis Blues style of game, and I think he's going to fit into that organization very well on the ice. And then you see a young guy embracing something like this off the ice, and then you hear it's Jake Neighbors and it's no surprise.
2: Well, it's a team full of characters to begin with in St. Louis. I mean, you think about a lot of their Western Canadian guys but on the ice too, like when he jumped into the NHL this year to start he was playing with the big guns. Like he wasn't a third, fourth line guy. No, he's playing with Ryan O'Reilly and keeping up every step of the
1: way. And the hockey sense that that requires to keep up, like Ryan O'Reilly is no slouch. He's a selkie, award-winning forward. This is somebody who understands 200 feet worth of the ice and if you're there functioning on the same wavelength that's a credit to you and obviously let's pull up his stats here I've got Gunther's in front of me but Neighbors has been when healthy and when in this lineup he's been a huge part of uh, of what the Oil Kings have done he's captaining the team although they probably had about four or five different (laughs) options to wear the C again speaking volumes to just who Neighbors is to this franchise a one-time first round pick in the WHL Bantam draft I'm pretty sure about that one but uh yeah he's got 41 points in 26 games his career high would be 70 did that in 64 games in his second full season in Edmonton so he's he hasn't played a ton this year simply put but when he's been on the ice he's almost at two points per game like it's insanity but more need be said we will wrap up the Friday edition of Oilers now when we come back after this 150 in Edmonton. Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years now. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Word on the street is you can even get some in Calgary. They've got a, a few locations. Are you still a Texans fan? Fan of the Texan? No. <laughs> I Listen, hey, there. I was a diehard Houston Texans. Here's the story. I was a diehard Houston Texans fan from like 2013 when I figured out who uh, Brian Cushing was, their linebacker, USC veteran. He played with Clay Matthews. He played with uh, Ray Malaluga. And they all graduated out of the same USC Trojans, Trojans program at the same time. Brian Cushing's awesome. He's, he does this miked-up thing, and I, I fell in love with it, fell in love with the franchise. Kind of a cool team to cheer for until the last three or four seasons, and then everybody that they had acquired that I did cheer for, they traded away for pennies on the dollar, and I was like, what are you guys doing? And then you start reading a little bit more of the front office story, and it's just there wasn't a lot to cheer for. So now, given my closer proximity or relationship with the city of Phoenix, shall we say, uh, I've kind of and and with DeAndre Hopkins moving from the Houston Texans to to the Arizona Cardinals. That's sort of where my affinity lies these days. J.J. Watt was a nice addition, too, but... Yeah, it's, it's the transition started when they traded DeAndre Hopkins there for like nothing.
2: I won't give you my Chicago Bears sales pitch then if you've
1: already made your made up your mind. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's got to be meaningful, right? Like either you've been to the stadium, or it's kind of like sort of close to the proximity, or maybe your your parent grew up cheering for the team. All valid reasons. Um, I just couldn't cheer for that organization anymore. It became very, very difficult. Plus, you can't ever watch them on TV here, by the way. Anyway, if Bob gets to self-indulge on this show from time to time, so do I. Kurt Hill was our headliner. He's brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Kurt Hill has assembled probably on paper, I would suggest the best major junior roster. In the last five years, maybe more. I mean, I would think back to some of those London Knights teams that were exquisite and produced NHLer after NHLer after NHLer from like the mid 2000s. I wonder whether we're going to look back at this Oil Kings roster in five years and pick off about seven current NHL players and say, All of them were in that Memorial Cup-winning team. Well, it's going to take some intestinal fortitude to get that far, but if there's been a team in the Western Hockey League who's had a chance in the last 10 years or so, this is the one. Where is the member this year, by the way? Kitchener? I'd have to look that up, too. Don't worry about it. It's not here. I know it was supposed to be in the Okanagan at some point, and then it wasn't. So, Uh, yeah. (laughs) You want to go to this day in Oilers history? Let's do it. It's brought to you by New West Travel. You're looking for a great Oilers playoff road trip? Register now for a road trip with the Oilers for the playoffs. Call or visit Travel.com. Back we go to 1980. You want to handle this?
2: Yeah, also the Mem Cups in St. John, New Brunswick. Oh, so uh, a just ways away. quick Google on that one. Hey, 1980, Wayne Gretzky notches his first NHL playoff goal and an assist, but the Oilers surrender 51 shots on goal to the Flyers, a team record for them in a playoff game who won 4-3 in overtime in game one of their playoff series at the Spectrum.
1: Bobby Clark had the OT winner for Philly. I was a pretty young whippersnapper when my old man started telling me about how Bobby Clark hacked someone's ankle into a few pieces of the Canada Cup several years before this. So, you know, I didn't know a ton about the Broad Street Bullies, but I did know about Bobby Clark. And it's been fun, sort of, since I've come into this position, to learn a little bit more about you know, hockey of that era. And of course that was the precipice of what Wayne Gretzky would go on to accomplish in the playoffs with the Oilers. So there you go. Rewind it back to 1980 on this day just about does it for us Reed Wilkins will have a full show worth of inside sports later this evening 6 to 8 o'clock on uh, this very radio station you'll get a recap of the Oilers 3 game sweep of that California road swing you will hear from former Oilers goaltender Joaquin Gage I'm not sure what era he played in, so I'm not going to get myself in any trouble and throw a dart and guess. But uh, Joaquin Gage, uh, he'll be an interesting interview. You see him on the Sportsnet panel from time to time. That does it for us this week. I will be with you Monday to kick things off. The Oilers... And the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow from Rogers Place. It's a pit stop at home, and it's going to be a good one. 6.30 face-off show, 8 o'clock puck drop, live on 6.30 chat. It's the Hockey Night in Canada game, of course. And then they're on the road again. We'll set that up on Monday. We'll get you your recap, everything you need to know. Cody won't be with me. He'll be off doing his lacrosse thing, your big shot son of a gun you <laughs> but Chris Gardner will hop onto the other side of the glass can't wait to join you then it's always a pleasure up next a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell followed by where are we here Rob Breckenridge has the show from two to three and then six thirty. Chad afternoons with Jalen Nye my name is Brendan Escott always a pleasure chat to you on Monday